listener production. Hey, it's me, Ursula Carlson. You know what this is. It's the best of episodes. Recapping all the best bits from this season of That's Enough Already. Over the next few weeks, we will be covering all of the best bits from season three of The Potty. Now, we all need to stop lying to ourselves and admit it. We're all snoops. We all love eavesdropping on our neighbors' domestics, and we all love an internet stalk. In fact, it's one of my favorite pastimes. So here are the guests this season who have had the weirdest Google searches about them, or in Joel Kreese's case, his partner. That's quite enough. Just shut your mouth. I don't give a stuff. It shush, please. Yes, I can hear. But I don't care. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush. If I Google you, the first thing that comes up is Joel Creasy. Mm. Just Joel Creasy. Like people obviously find you and then find your wicked page. Yeah. And then Joel Creasy partner, Joel Creasy boyfriend, Joel Creasy husband, Joel Creasy. Like, People are obsessed. Like, if I go to an event not with him, people get disappointed. So that's why I'm not surprised that there's tons of search results about him because people, like, even at my gigs, people kind of want a photo with him more than they want with me. I'm like, he's been sitting in the theatre the entire time. I've just done 90 minutes of stand-up. You should ask him then. He was probably at the bar. Like, <laughs> invites to opening nights and, and, and musicals, they always say, Joel, not plus one, Joel plus Jack. We'd love it if Jack came. What will Jack be wearing? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're the Sonny and Cher, the gayer, the gayer we version really are. We of really our are. generation. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. I take that as a huge compliment. Listen, I quickly want to bring up a, a few years ago, beautiful Jack yes. twisted his ball. And he did. I feel like we can talk about it if you don't want to talk about his twisted. Oh, no, I love talking about it. And it it was a very painful thing. He had to have a procedure done to get it corrected, the whole thing, right? He's fine now. Yes. But (laughs) you sent me a message and said, can you please (laughs) send Jack a little message because he's really not feeling great and he's going through, you know, like he's just – and I went, yeah, yeah, totally. So, but then the same <laughs> day, someone asked me to send them a message because <laughs> they were getting married. And can I yeah. do a little video for their screen that, oh, they, no. you know, can play to their wedding guests? And I went, oh. yeah, sure. So anyway, so I made one for the wedding, then I made one for Jack. And I said, Jack, I believe you twisted your nut. I wish I was there. I'd lift it for you. I'd try and fix it myself. Like, just this real, like, rambling about his nutsack. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and then there's this more, like, you know, congratulations. <laughs> this is a huge step in your life. Blah, blah, blah. Then I sent the videos and I realized oh, I no. switched the videos. <laughs> <laughs> Did the wedding party find out? Yeah, I sent it to them, to the oh. video thing. And, oh. and then I said, oh, my God, I sent you the wrong video. And the guy's like, I didn't understand the, the humour <laughs> behind it. Like, he thought it was, you know. Sometimes people just laugh along with it because they think you're operating on some higher level of comedy or you know something that they don't know. And you're like, no, I've just made a mistake. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't funny in context or isn't applicable to you. But I, I have said the wrong thing to me before and they've kind of gone eh, and laughed and then I've gone, oh, no, you don't need to laugh at all. That was that was actually a mistake, full stop. Um, but Jack's ball has fully recovered. Yeah. Um, he's okay now because for a while, like, he genuinely couldn't walk. Like, it was so heavy. It was like it was like the size of a mango. And I, I tried fixing it with, with a bit of, like, deep heat tiger balm. 
know. But I had to carry it around for him. Like, like it was like my clutch. It was so big and swollen and we had to make it like a splint. And I got Jack off his tits on some leftover endone I had. Um, but Jack's also psychic. So that just made him like even more sort of spiritual and, and off with the fairies. And he was like watching the block and predicting what he thought was going to happen. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you've just seen the trailer for tomorrow night's episode. But he was in that space where he couldn't remember that sort of stuff. And gosh, it was a fun time. He'd only just started dating. After listening to this episode, you notice one very peculiar thing about Luke McGregor and coincidentally is one of the most Googled things about him. And fair enough. This is my chat with a very single, very cool Luke McGregor. Look him up, ladies. What I like to do is I Google and then, you know, when it comes up with the most search things about that person. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's the top Google searches for you. Number one, wife. Oh wow! Uh, have you have you got one of those? And um, when when we spoke to your agent, said you know, is there anything I can plug for Luke? They go, no, just just say single, and they were still looking. <laughs> I said that as a joke. I didn't actually tell you. Sure. No, no, no. So, so, so Luke's going to be 40 soon and he's not into surprise parties. So get in touch. Yep. That's then the second thing is your accent. And you do have a weird fucking accent. Yeah, I got a weird accent. What I say turn, it? burn word, even yeah. though I uh, am Australian. I, my brothers have it as well. We we think it's from cartoons. No one else in our family has it, but we used, we used to watch a lot of Ninja Turtles and parents would just sort of plonk us in front of the TV. Oh, yeah. So we'd, we sort of adopted a slight American turn of phrase. Yeah. So now we say turn, burn word, but no one else in the family has it. It's just us three. I've got no idea why um, other than cartoons. I remember lying on the floor a lot as a kid and sitting on the floor watching TV, that's one of my, some of my main memories. Yeah. I remember a lot of, um, uh, I don't remember a lot of parenting. Yeah, if, so, if a uh, woman walked into the room, all three of your boys went, Mom? No, she's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an American, American uh, uh, child care support worker. No, it was, um, uh, yeah, I, I still don't know. And I can, I can switch it off, but I have to think about it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether to keep this hybrid or um, try and lean into one or the other, especially if I ever go to America and audition or something. Yeah. I don't know whether I have to sort of. I say lean uh, into uh, it because it sort of sounds like you're, you know, half Scottish, half South, you know, on the South Island of New Zealand, they talk like that, exactly like you're talking now. Yeah, in Edinburgh Fringe, yeah. I got in a, I was in the toilets washing my hands. Good to know. I did that little humble brag there. <laughs> Just for all the other plays into the he's still single. Why? Right? What a catch. <laughs> um, and this guy ran me up against the wall. Um, and I assumed he was British, I think British accent. And he goes, um, and he just started, he goes, Where are you from? Where are you from? And I said, Australia. And he goes, Oh, okay. And he wiped me off and then left. I don't know what that was about. What the it was fuck? weird. <laughs> Yeah. And yet we're still arguing that toxic masculinity exists. You can't even wash your hands in a toilet without a guy assaulting you. Yeah. I was I was hogging the one sink for 60 seconds with my OCD, but still, you know, have some patience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, no news on whether or not he washed his hands. No, I, I, I've got this thing where I, uh, if I'm in a group of people at a bar and I see someone in the toilet 
not wash their hands, I'll tell the group I'm with, I'm saying, that guy, can you sit go over a table floor? He didn't wash his hands. Yeah, I'm the no, same. Just, just know in your head that that guy's yeah. walking around with some If he comes over, no one shakes his hands. Kiss him on the mouth. No, shake his hands. Don't let him touch you on the face or pat you on the head. Just yeah. stick clear. <laughs> There's a guy I follow on YouTube who um, in his office they built a, it's a bunch of engineers in the office they built a, um, uh, a system where if the sink isn't used after the toilet's flushed and the soap dispenser's not pushed, uh, an alarm goes off. Amazing. <laughs> so everyone in the office knows this person didn't wash their hands. There was an office, another office who was a prank and they put food dye in the soap dispenser. So when yeah. people washed their hands, they had blue hands. And to me, that's not embarrassing. That's a mark of pride. Yeah, but, 100%. So all the people without blue hands, yeah. I'm like, you guys are the, you guys are the ones embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you guys are the pay. ones who need to be shamed. My friend Tan France is known all over the world by millions of people, mostly for his show, the Emmy Award-winning Queer Eye, also for his amazing hair. So when I discovered the thing that most people Googled about him, I was shook, and so was he. Are you surprised at the shit that people Google about you? Yeah. You know, I so we played a game for an interview. So we just did Principal um, Queer Eye Season 6, and uh, we played a game, and I can't remember what publication it was, where we had to finish... Uh, the set, the Google search. So, is Tan France or was Tan France or whatever? And the random shit that came up was so strange. One of them was, is Tan France white? And I thought, enough people Googled that for that to come up on this. Yeah. <laughs> no, clearly not. Like, that is so stupid. Does Tan France have a girlfriend? You only know me, I'm sure, from Queer Eye. Yeah. And it's very clear I'm gay. Like, yeah. I'm often confused by the questions uh, that people, other things that people will search about me. It's so far off what a normal person would think to Google about me. Like sometimes if something comes up, I'll Google a person's age. I or, always Google you know, a person's age. Yeah. Or who they're married to. Yes. I want to see. I want to yeah. see what your choices. Yeah. That's how I, like if, if you meet somebody, you go, I want to know. The other side, like, what do you think is cool? Well, especially now that I'm in this world um, and I meet... Because uh, you're new to it. Yeah, for You years. just kind of... So, so for people playing the home game, um, Tan tried to retire to start a family Jeez. and then started at Netflix on Queer Eye. So, I mean, of course, there were things in the middle. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, sort of auditioning. And, and no, no, this... this but who the fuck starts on Netflix? I know. Most people work up to Netflix. I know. I, here's the thing. I know I'm the luckiest person in the world. My four castmates had done shows for 10 years on things like MTV, HGTV. They'd been working on auditioning. Uh, and they were doing really small projects. And then finally, they got like, the big break auditioning for this show on Netflix. And I did it. I, I had a completely different life. I had no interest in the entertainment. And then one day, somebody from Netflix asked me to audition for this job because he thought that I was going to get it. And I was like, don't be stupid. That's never going to happen. And so that's I really thought it was going to be, I thought the queers would watch. I thought some women would watch, but it would be a thing. I honestly was planning to just go back to normal life. We were, we were planning on surrogacy. So we finished shooting season one, season two, and then we started planning on surrogacy thinking, the show's going to go nowhere, who cares? And let's just get back to normal life. And then, again, this is arrogant, I know, but it became a global phenomenon. We had no, no uh, expectation of what would happen other than some days, my, my watch. 
And then within a week, my life completely changed. It truly, truly changed. Um, and then we won. So we're so proud. We've won so many Emmys. We made history. And then, yeah, then I thought, wow, I can't believe that this was all just my bonus career. There are endless things I could Google about Eliza Schlesinger. Her feet are not one of those things, but she seemed to think so. I run through all the crazy things that people have searched about her, and it involves one very controversial celebrity. Here's my chat with the hilarious Eliza Schlesinger. Let me ask, I Googled you because I always find it fascinating what people look up about celebrities, right? Is it about my feet? No. No, oh, okay, feet did not come into it, but now, and please, I, I don't want to put that, I don't want to fuck up my algorithm. All right. Okay. So the number one thing, and probably because I'm here, is New Zealand. Eliza in New Zealand. Then movies and TV shows. Husband oh. was in at number three. Oh. Uh, net worth, wedding, <laughs> baby, and Joe Rogan. Those are the top things about you that people will look at. Well, on. I like that that's very healthy and normal. It's like, what else she have going on? Who's she fucking? And what's the largest media platform she's been on? Um, To answer the New Zealand, I will be in New Zealand February 7th, finally. Yeah, Kiritakanoa Theatre. That name. Hold on. I have to read it. I want to read it. You can, you can, Kiritakanoa. Pretty good. Pretty good of me. It's a beautiful theatre too. I played Australia several times and I never played New Zealand because here's the truth. It is not as close to Australia as everybody thinks. Well, we're three three hours away, but we are pretty tough on um, customs when you come through. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be a nightmare to come through. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you've got that protein bar in your bag, but make sure you eat it before you come through because they're going to rip you apart if you have a snack in that bag. It better not be a whiff of a banana peel, uh, clean shoes, the whole shebang. I get it because it's an island. I mean, it is that thing too where, because people always get mad. Wherever you travel to, it's like, oh, you went there? Why aren't you coming here? And so shout out to anyone listening who lives in Perth. It's not anything personal, but you have to understand when you travel from Los Angeles, so half a world away to get to Australia, and then it's like come to Perth, that's five hours away. That is a day of travel and it wrecks you just to have to go back. And so even New Zealand, like that three hours, like it's still no joke. Like I still look like a little older than I should after a day of travel. So I had the time and I was like, we got to do it. We got to go see the Kiwis because they always come over to Australia. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see. Oh, that's awesome. And can I just say. As soon as any comic anywhere in the world or any, if, as soon as you announce a tour, people go, oh, why aren't you coming? Like you can, because you're going, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, you're going February 1st, you're in Hammer Hall in Melbourne. Then February 3rd and 4th, you're at State Theatre in Sydney and then February 7th at, uh, in Auckland. Now, as soon as you yeah. announced in, in Melbourne, people would have gone, why, why aren't you coming to Geelong, which is like less than an hour's drive away, and you go, wait, so I'm traveling 40 hours to get to you, that's what I but say. you can't do a 15-minute drive. That's exactly what I say, and that's my Perth thing. I'm like, I I am making the rounds. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to see as many people as possible. But at some point, I do have to do my laundry and see my child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm slowly fucking aging on the road here. Just give me, oh, yeah. a breath. Um, let me quickly ask you this one before we so. You would have seen the Chris Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. Are you scared that someone will come on stage and smack the taste out of your mouth? 
No, they would not get that far. But, you know, I will say that's not the first time uh, a performer has been assaulted. Off the top of my head, I can think of two other times someone has. I'm not even going to say what it is because you don't want to give people ideas. But we have security. We have a lot of security. They take it very seriously in case you're thinking about getting froggy. Um, The venues are big enough that you'd see someone coming. But that is something you think about in this job, you know, you, if you think about it, you are standing on an elevated surface. You are the only thing that's lit up. You can't see your audience if you have the house lit correctly. So I'm standing in front of a room full of strangers and the, the conceit is we all wish each other well, but you don't know who bought a ticket. Um, Ah. and I've had scary things happen. But, you know, all you can do is the next show, make sure that you account for that or make sure this exit is blocked or whatever. But these are things that we think about. I mean, it's a risk leaving your house in general, but it's uh, it's not a. That was a specific thing and that had been festering, but people are fucking nuts. And all you can do is hire the security and keep your head up and uh, and do your best because you can't let that fear rule you because they want that, especially if it's for a reason like people would love it. If you were too scared, you know, it's not like I'm saying anything revolutionary, but it is something I think about. I don't think I have to worry about it in New Zealand, to be honest. I feel like. No, definitely not here. Or even Australia, they're pretty chilled out. You know, people will. Yeah. Look, also, I have to be honest, like at a show like this, this is like higher end. People bought, they spent a lot of money on a ticket. A comedy club, which I've paid my dues and played many, like you don't know what's coming in there. So it just depends. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. The supervising producer was Nick McClure, and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Beck Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister, don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know, but definitely share it with a friend.